true pressures come uh-huh. and not just something that you're going to go out and dig and with a pick and a shovel. Anybody can do that for a little bit. Exactly. But when someone goes through a sustained pressure and went through a true trial in life and yeah. still be able to stand, come to the other side and be able to hold their head up mm-hmm. high, feeling like they did what they knew was right. Yeah. That's what masculinity has been to me. Hey guys, welcome back to No Experience Required. We are your hosts, Stephen and Chase, and we're back with our guest co-host, Caitlin JK Shay. <laughs> woo! Woo! Thank you. That's just uh, <laughs> our live audience. Pretty excited to have you back. Let's clarify that that was an energy drink. Chase was cracking open. Oh yeah, I guess we not a beer. <laughs> yeah, it's not an ASMR episode. We promise. Although we might one day. Even though Stephen wishes. I do wish. And Naomi would do it. listen. Yeah. She would. <laughs> she, would listen. she would finally listen to the podcast that I've been telling her to listen to. Oh, she hasn't listened to it? No. Not one? No. Wow. She's like, I'm sorry, uh, I'll subscribe and everything. but <laughs> She didn't even listen to her husband's? No. <laughs> <laughs> even less. <laughs> sorry, Ryan. Shots fired. <laughs> Did Mitchell listen to our, <clears throat> that one? He yeah, did. He, he did. About it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, what did your husband think of your take He's, on it? It was good. He said it was yeah. good. Yeah, he was like, it wasn't too harsh. Nothing more? He didn't have any thoughts? No, I don't think so. He was like, yeah. Like water from a stone? He agreed with he everything agreed. that I said. <laughs> and that I'm amazing. That's good. <laughs> that you're a weak woman. You tell him what to do. That I ain't no weak woman. Okay. Ain't no weak woman here. It's so nice to be back. It is. Yeah. I know, Caitlin, you were saying that it <laughs> felt like we were just here. I know. But to me, it actually feels like a long it's time. been a long time. Yeah, because it's been a month since you recorded. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right before we went to Florida? No? Yeah. 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 How was Florida? It was awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Was it nice to fit in? and? Oh, yeah. It was so nice. <laughs> Love Florida. Should have played the podcast there. Big Florida gal. Yeah. 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 So. That's very telling to our audience members. Mm-hmm. Big Florida gal. we're all Florida people. <laughs> Maybe not like Support physically Florida. the state, but. Yeah. <laughs> I think they got that by the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. kind of gal yeah. I am. <laughs> if they're listening to these in order, right? We might That's get a true. random. That's true. Yeah. Ideally, we have people listen even if they disagree with us. There we go. Yeah. Things back to the center we love, again. We love disagreeing with people. Oh, great. The insincerity rolls off the tongue. No, no. I love hearing different opinions. <laughs> you sound Sometimes. so sorry. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. Yeah, because I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's a stupid <laughs> opinion, but okay. <laughs> just kidding, guys. Yeah, oh, we're my. just jokesters. We just make we just like to dumb, make things uncomfortable. Jokes. Yeah. It's what we do best. That's how we feel well, the, not the chase. awkward silence. Not chase. Yeah. yeah. Chase is <laughs> Chase is bringing us back to work. Oh, my word. All right. So if you haven't heard the first one with Caitlin, though, I suggest going back and listening to it because this is more of a continuation of that topic and an expansion on some of the areas where we didn't get to cover. How do you all feel about this one? Unprepared. Yeah. But ready to just talk. No, we're ready. We're prepared. 
We'll yeah, just have I, I guess I wasn't as prepared as Steven, you just told questions. me you didn't study at all. I didn't. I, <laughs> because I don't have to study. Oh, that's he true. Knows yeah, it. I am a man. You know, oh, that's am, you have you do I, have a ton yeah, of experience, ton yeah. of experience in masculinity, See, sh- and you know, family matters, <laughs> being father and husband. <laughs> Wait a second, things. I didn't know you had that Wait, experience. No. They're Wait all back in Mexico. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh man. No, I feel good about this one. I think, you know, the last one. Our intention originally on the last one was to just speak on only masculinity in today's society. And then yeah. we brought on Caitlin, your sister. Mm-hmm. And it was Caitlin's idea. It was Caitlin's idea. It was your idea. Yeah. And, then, and then, then you didn't talk about masculinity. No, it turned out <laughs> feminist. I feel like I kind of derailed it a little bit, to be honest. I, I started bringing up femininity and just the comparisons. and I think that's sort of where the conversation went naturally. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it was any concerted effort. Yeah. yeah. And it was great. It was great. It was. It was good. And I think for this one, um, yeah, whatever. Again, I, I, and yeah, I am unprepared in the sense that I didn't really study or have notes or any kind of talking points. I probably should have. Um, but I think once we get the conversation going and start talking about what we want to get into, it'll probably just flow naturally, just like the last one. We probably went way off notes on our, on our last one as oh, well. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So did you listened to the last one, right? Yeah, the one that we, mm-hmm. yeah. So when you. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning after you got to listen to yeah. the whole conversation again, because whenever I listen to it again, I get to re-examine what I say, make sure that I'm communicating what I think, and also listen to what you both are saying even more. I thought it was really neat to go back and listen to the conversation between you two, and nice to just refresh that. So after doing that, do you have anything that you took away from it, or anything that changed your mind, or um, just any further thoughts on what we already talked about? Um, I don't think so, to be honest. A month ago, or when it came out a couple <laughs> weeks ago, is so long, I can hardly remember. Like, I talked to you a little bit after I listened to mm-hmm. it, and I can't even remember what I said. I, I totally enjoyed it, and I wasn't like, I didn't take away anything of like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that, or mm-hmm. anything like that. So, there was a few points that you had said that I really agreed on, and same with you, Steven, and I, yeah. But nothing that impacted you so much to where you'll actually <laughs> remember it? <laughs> I think I have a mental problem. Well, we all know that, but I have just can't remember anything. <laughs> so if it did impact me, it impacted me for about a day. And then it just <laughs> fleeted away. Well, just more in the moment, right? And yeah. You probably still obviously agree with everything you said. Yeah. And that's month. what she did say. She yeah, said yeah. that when she was listening to what she was having <laughs> to say, she didn't feel like she misrepresented any of her thoughts or anything like that, which is yeah. good. Yeah, that's I good. don't think so. I think I was. Yeah. What about you, Steven? Yeah, I felt the same. I I feel like I'm probably even doubled down on my <laughs> a lot of opinion. Uh, Why? The opinions that I have. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Like double down. That sounds intense. No, I no. I just <laughs> just like reinforced you what, you, yeah. what you. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> no. I knew um, it. I knew I, I was. knew I was. I sound so smart. When I talk. <laughs> That's not true. No, I yeah, I, I don't think I have any regrets. I don't, you know really what this podcast is about is to be reflective of who we are and yeah. how we think and what our opinions are. And, it, and that's ultimately what it is at the end of the day. It's just our opinions. And obviously we might even disagree on some of those mm-hmm. and probably agree on the majority of them, but it's just an opinion. And um, I think we're all going to have different ones and maybe we'll be a little bit biased or just have different perspectives depending on what kind of experiences we've had or lack thereof. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I don't feel like, I felt like it was a great episode. I, I actually enjoyed listening back to it. I mean, editing them, I get to listen to oh, it a lot, yeah. but that was actually one where even after I, we published it, I went back and I listened to it and it's our most listened to episode. Yeah. So, I wonder why. Like some, some kind of fake applause there. Wish there was a button. You're a dummy. <laughs> They're just, he's just jealous because the most listened to podcast happens to be me on it. I feel like exactly. if this is another most listened to episode, I mean, there's a common denominator, which would be me. It's the title. It has masculine in it, and so people click on it. It's clickbait. Yeah. I actually didn't mean to do that. You're yeah, a dummy I know one. you didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dummy. I'm like, I was already on the right one, and then I went over to the wrong one. <laughs> That's funny, though. That yeah. Made for great Unfortunately, it worked out, but I don't think you're a dummy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to me or him? I, I think you're a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You're my little That's sister. Fair. That just goes know. with the territory. Also, yeah, if you haven't heard the other one, Caitlin is my sister. Um, so it's, uh, I had a great time getting to talk to, I think doing these podcasts, even with just us, was really fun. And then adding a third person uh, was really nice because yeah. same as with us, I don't get a lot of time to sit down with you and talk in depth about specific subjects. True. So getting to hear your perspective and what you thought and how you've grown um, has been, I mean, you've been married. I didn't say you've grown in a Almost good direction. Just grown. <laughs> <laughs> grown, uh, grown wider. <laughs> <laughs> Physically. Seeing how physically wide you've gotten. <laughs> That's not You guys should have just kept in mind it, man. When have you died? We would have we played that clip that. in the funeral. This, but no, because this clip will be played this in the funeral and it would be like, funeral. oh, that makes That's sense. That's a lot better. No, that is not it. Um, yeah, no, Caitlin and I grew up really close. We, Caitlin was my best friend growing up, um, along with my brother. My, my siblings were my best friends growing up. And... Then Caitlin got married at a pretty young age. She was 18. Very young. And um, we, I went in the military. We grew different lives. We were always close and never changed. Uh, but like I said, getting to sit down and hear your perspective and your thoughts on things that have developed without me, um, have it was really neat to see. Oh, that's cool. I mean, disagree with you all the time, but it's still neat to see. I'm not saying you're right. But, it's but just... it was cool to see that you actually had a thought, Caitlin. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is totally true. I think that's what I told him I enjoyed about it is it forces you to sit down mm -hmm. and like you're not looking at your phone, you're not distracted with I mean anything really. So unless you're stuff. Steven and leaving supposed to be out of the country the next day, but still have things to take care yeah. of. And the last episode I was literally booking my Airbnb like the night before I flew out -uh. to another country. Mm -hmm. While you're doing the podcast? Yeah. It's like, I'm leaving tomorrow out of the country, and I don't know where I'm going to stay. I'm trying to get that taken care of. They were like, are you okay? And I was like, you weren't supposed to point it out. No one can. No one knows that I'm <laughs> on my phone on this podcast. It was someone like you, so we were just like, hey, everything all right? Wow. Yeah. Well, we're glad that we have your undivided attention. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Episode's still young. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and unmedicated. I'm snarky so. today, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, you are. Wow, Sorry, guys. Snarky. Ooh. We'll cool it down. Kind of don't like it. It's all the extra energy drink. Or do I? Do you want to like leave or something? Do you want to just <laughs> record another day? <laughs> it was probably me. I, I imagine I just I'm this negative energy that no, probably ruined what? his day. No, Stephen walks in thinking that he's negative or this or that, and Stephen is like the easiest. Mm -hmm. He might have a lot going on in his mind. 
but he doesn't really portray it. You don't really portray it on other people. No. You're really no. good about just walking in and being like, no, you can kind you of tell don't see like me as like some ticking time bomb. No, or like I mean kind some of fragile. But <laughs> Only because you tell us that all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, but horrible. I think that like need to shut up more often. No, no, no. You really don't put off that Mm-mm. way though. Mm-mm. No, never like a nervous energy, like uncomfortable. No, no, never vibe. You always got good vibes. Good, good, good. vibes. Good vibes. There's always good vibes. It's fine. Always good vibes. So masculinity. There was no easy way to segue into it, yeah. but you know, just we need the segue soundbite. So, what's the segue soundbite? Where someone just sings segue <laughs> and we play it, and it goes. Into or we could just do like the masculinity. Oh. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, so actually, that sound would be great for our awkward segues that we don't know how to. <laughs> but then I always have this horrible habit of derailing it after we've segued nicely, and like then, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that's what happened, huh? Right now, yeah. Okay, exactly. back. Exactly. Masculinity. <laughs> that wasn't as good as the first one. Sorry. My masculinity ended on that first. We're like, one. okay. <laughs> okay, so I did have some questions about the last one. Okay, cool. Um, listening through, and we were talking, and you started out saying <laughs> that you were raising Austin, who's your son. Mm-hmm. He's ten years old, and you were you went to Florida. Um, not the time after you went. It <laughs> the was first the time, time we went to Florida a couple <laughs> weeks before the Florida trip last time. Remember, Florida fan, Florida fan, <laughs> love Florida, and. <laughs> You were uh, you went to go through a door and a young boy didn't open the door for you and an older guy stepped in and opened the door for you and you were wondering about how you would raise him today. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that struck me, you said you kind of phrased it. Um, I'm paraphrasing still, but your phrasing was along the lines of, "What do we want our boys to be raised as today, and can they be raised? And what what can they be raised yeah. as today?" Did you find an answer? Did you even in the last episode, or is that something yeah. to, to dive into? No, I think that you guys, I think it was more of a like, like you le- brought it back, like we talked about in the last podcast that our faith is Christianity and stuff, but like we brought it back to like the true example, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think it, I think we can get that out of sight in a way, like you get so wrapped up in this world or whatever and you kind of forget like, okay, that is the real true example that we have mm-hmm. no matter what, that's how we want to raise our kids. Yeah. So I know, I think that coming from you guys I think that yeah you just like you said and, and like Stephen brought up in that last episode of that um this <laughs> of the giggles um we'll work through it Steven, don't worry we'll be alright sorry kids Steven it's the choir <laughs> the choir <laughs> we literally can't look at each other without just getting the giggles to be fair no. they warned you in the last okay. episode if you didn't know when they get together they just laugh uh, and the most inappropriate awkward times okay so steven mentioned in the last podcast that it was man's fault not really but men aren't taking their place and i think that did that's another thing of just raising mm-hmm. austin to be like we've been really big on our kids lately about taking responsibility for their actions mm-hmm. and i think that's a huge thing i don't i think that that kind of flows into it the same thing of taking responsibility yeah and actually that leads into the next point because one of the things that you mentioned also was that men can do no right today. Yeah. There's a viewpoint that women are are they view men as basically they can't do anything right and the term is that men are trash. Yeah. <clears throat> and so rolling into that next part was an interesting thing cuz Stephen also then said that 
while you blame women for taking that a lot away from men, you held men to a responsibility and had a harsh, kind of a harsh viewpoint on men being to blame for much of the viewpoint um, and behavior of women because men aren't in their place. So as you started, as we worked through that and we, we talked about that stuff and there is a viewpoint of men are trash from the one perspective, but you think that it's men's responsibility to adjust that. Do you have any further thoughts on that? Do you want to expand on that? What are, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, yeah, I, and I know you had touched a little bit on, well, women obviously have free will, right? They're, they're, they should still be accountable for their actions. And I, and I, absolutely believe that's true i think on an individual basis yeah we're, we're all accountable for how we present ourselves and what we put out into the world and but i just think when we were talking about the whole idea of well how did we get to this place right as a culture as a society i i do still feel like men need to step up i i, I think yeah. that you know my thoughts on that are still the same. I, I, I do still think that, and, and I'm not saying that there's particular blame or anything like that. I just think that this is the consequence of essentially inaction on the men's part or not doing enough to maybe stand their, their ground and within their role. Granted, we were speaking on all these roles from a biblical perspective, yeah. which makes a huge difference, right? So yeah, I, I, I still think very much the same. I still think, and again, I, you know, it can sound a little bit harsh, but I, I really do feel, I don't know, that, you know, not to put the blame on men or anything like that, but uh, I do think there's more responsibility and accountability on the men's part. And, and I feel like the perception that there is today is because of men, mm-hmm. not because of women. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So you don't think it's because of women? I don't. Mm. No. I don't think that it's right for women to fuel that. And I don't think it's right for, um, for women to think men are trash or anything like that. I don't think that's the right approach. And obviously what feminism has become today is that extreme, right? It's that kind of extreme version. But I feel like one extreme always breeds another extreme. So I feel like the reason this exists at all is because the other extreme existed. And that was men who weren't, I don't know, holding their ground in their role or, you know, taking enough action to, to fight against that. So weak men. Weak men. Yeah, just weak women. Um, no, I think so. I think to an extent, I think um, my general philosophy on that stuff is that you take as much responsibility as you can because you're, you can only change what you can change. And so when you say, oh, it's this person's fault or it's something else's fault, you're taking away the agency that you have to be changed and to make change. Which and the great philosopher, philosopher Candace Owens <laughs> says, your life is your fault. <laughs> and I've been telling my kids that. I mean, if you think about it, your life, whatever your day determines, whatever happens, like the whole blaming the fault, it's, it's women's man's fault. It is personal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I may, I may adjust the framing a little <laughs> bit of that. But I agree to an extent. I think the yeah. negative, the negative consequences. I think viewing it in the perspective that it's your fault is a good thing. To recognize that the faults that you have had have led to where you are. If it's a negative place, but so are the responsibilities to do good. Yeah. And 
so looking to me when I when I hear like your life is your fault. But how could you disagree with that? It's not that I disagree with it. I think there's a difference between the sentiment being correct and how it's communicated being correct. Because you can frame something even well-intentioned and even correct, but if you communicate it incorrectly, how it's received is also important. There's two parts to communication, is you are projecting it and someone is receiving it, and both of those parts need to line up. Otherwise, your message is useless. If you're speaking only to a group of people as in a negative thing, and there's, ne- there's reason for negative communication, I'm not saying that, but when you say your life is your fault, it can easily be received, and this is also part of, uh, of learning how to understand, but when you communicate something, it's like your life is your fault. If a person is not in the right mind frame to receive that correctly, it does not do them any good. And, and if you're trying to produce something good, it may be, but then it's also your fault for not helping them. Because if your message is to try and be helpful to somebody and your only message is that your life is your fault, and I'm not saying she's wrong or that the way who she does I'm it like, to is watch like, it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not bashing on her. No, no, I, <clears throat> this is just what I hear a lot of times when people communicate and wonder why their messages aren't picked up and why the views of them are negative in cases. Yeah, but some of it doesn't matter. And I'm not saying you adjust your message and do it all this time. To make it pretty. To me, I'm like, that's part of the problem with society is we got to fluff it up to appease the people that can't handle it. No, and I'm not saying hide it either. Because if you fluff it up and you hide it too much, that also doesn't do anybody any good. You make it seem like there's nothing that needs to change and that there's not a responsibility. However, if someone accuses you of something, What's your first reaction? I'm like, I am so sorry. I am in the wrong. That does not <laughs> sound like you. <laughs> what, it's a normal hu- human yeah, reaction. Yeah. What is automatic? What is your like, that's, pff, Wait, that's not my fault. Yeah. If, if someone defense attacks defense. you, what's yeah. your yeah defense? Punch them in you, the throat. You, <laughs> Speaking of one, that could be one. <laughs> um, no, you entrench. You automatically dig into what you you are standing for, and you then you as the communicator and someone who's trying to affect change has no opportunity to work with that person to change. It doesn't mean make them feel good about the situation, especially if they're in the wrong. But if you come in, all you're doing with a specific type of message is preaching to the people who already agree with you, which is great to hear as, as someone who believes that. And I'm, I am, I'm, I have no problem hearing my shortcomings and faults and recognizing that I need to adjust myself especially if it's from someone who I know is well-intentioned towards me. But in the case of Candace Owens, when there are people who she's trying to talk to, maybe, and the other side don't believe that she's coming from a well-intentioned place, her message will do nothing, which means there's zero opportunity for her message to grow. And there's there's, there's no changing minds, there's no working, there's no unity or anything like that. And again, it's, there's a balance where you don't want to just where you don't want to pretty it up and soften it so much and then give ground on what you actually believe, right? There's a point where you don't, you don't go past where you believe. You still need to stand with what you know is right. Yeah. So it's not softening to the point where that's given up. But if you actually want to make a change, then how you communicate matters too, even if your message is good and correct. And so, good. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. what men haven't been doing, mm-hmm. which is why I feel like, that's the problem with society. I feel like that obviously on an individual basis. Yeah. N- n- right. Yeah. But I, I exactly what you're saying is, is what I feel like the, their stance, their communication, the message, whatever it was, 
was was weak. It was soft. Mm. And it's easy to push Well, we don't have it. the message for men and what most men have accepted these days is that you need to back off, which is not the case. That's not the message men should have, but they say, oh, you need to let women speak and you are, you, you know, you've already had this voice and you've done this and um, so you need to step out of the way. You need to be quiet. And men have done that and that's become the role that they've taken on a lot of times and just thinking that they need to support however women feel or that the image that women have been oppressed and they've been um, marginalized and all that. (laughs) So if that's the case that men have taken on that message and that that is a huge problem because then men are not actually a part of any sort of conversations they have no agency in what is happening and they've completely let go of the culture and the direction of our society which isn't a good thing either yeah 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 <laughs> uh, and because uh, you you touched a little bit on you know the message is for men to be silent and to be quiet <clears throat> um with the with this idea that women are oppressed or marginalized i think unfortunately that there's truth to that as that's probably not a very popular Uh, take but (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) unpopular opinion yes there we go i do think that because of what men the idea of what men thought they should be you know it was either too weak or it was too 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 much much, right and it was like this perversion of what masculinity should be and I do think that for a long time, women had to face um, abuse and oppression in, in different ways. I'm not saying as a country, I'm not saying as a whole, but I think the, the mentality back then was, it wasn't just, oh, let's have a, a wife who's, you know, going to be subject to her husband and, you know, we're just going to be the providers. It was, it was a power thing. And I, and I feel like men abuse that. And I think anyone in power can easily start abusing yeah. that if they don't have, well, first of all, Christ in her life yeah and and I feel like that was there was a lot of truth to that and I'm not saying that's why I say that one extreme bred the other and I feel like there there wouldn't have been this counter to to what we see today because and granted I don't think in today's society women are oppressed and and marginalized or have their right yeah right but I feel like that was the consequence of of years of of the other power dynamic on the other side being abused and wielded inappropriately. Yeah. And, and I feel like either the people are just going to stay, you know, silent and quiet or they're going to, what, what's going to happen? They're going to rise up and they're going to, you know, take it from one extreme to the other. And I feel like you usually see that in, in, you know, revolts or in an uprising or this idea that people want to, um, you know, breed and put out there in the world, I feel like it usually ends up becoming an extreme of, of what they intentionally had planned, right? And I feel like if we're seeing the extreme of what today's society is, which is the, the feminist movement, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like then there obviously was an extreme of the other. Do you think that was, a, so going back to, you said men, Abuse the power, and do you think that was a societal thing, or that it did exist? Because of course it exists. I mean, it, it's people have done that. Men have yeah abused 
all sorts of things, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a difference between that being a societal norm versus what is actually, uh, you know, versus someone who's just doing it individually. And there are cases across the world of that. You know, I don't know if it was like a societal norm. I I don't know if there's statistics out there on what that actually was like. Like I just of the think, abuse, right? I just think that it was like an idea, and and I think whatever holds the ability to portray that image out, like when Hollywood first started, I think it quickly became like about women, and they started dressing inappropriately yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But I think. Um, yeah, I absolutely think that it was probably a societal norm because we're a fallen yeah. species. Like yeah. we're, uh, we're, I feel like the the more they pushed Christ out of mm-hmm. homes and out of media and out of schools and out of all those kind of things, like you see like throughout history, those who wielded power abused it. I guess, so what would you, what would you, see it as an extreme. So if the pendulum swung from one extreme to the other, let's say that's true, what would you view as being the extreme? Well, people call it toxic masculinity nowadays. And I think that there is a true... So toxic masculinity is what people think it is, is like being a man or an abuser or like the extreme extreme. Well, I think today's definition is a little bit different. I think they would consider toxic masculinity probably any conservative or Christian okay. kind of viewpoint okay. on, on roles for male and female, yeah. they would probably view that as toxic masculinity. But I, I do think there is a version of toxic masculinity that was, which I kind of touched on this a little bit the last time, which is the term machismo or machista, which is like a, a, a term I heard growing up quite a bit, um, which is essentially toxic masculinity and it's just a narcissistic you know, abusive in, in different ways kind of uh, personality that a male holds that they're above, you know, mm-hmm. the female or the children or the family or whatever it might be. And bec- just because they're male, they they can hold that over your head, right? That there's mm-hmm. a power that they can mm-hmm. abuse. <clears throat> and so I feel that that was the extreme, was machista, was machismo. And so I'm like, well, that obviously bred the opposite end, which is, feminism to me today honestly what was that machismo and granted just like not everyone has a toxic uh viewpoint of men you know not every not every man obviously back then had that toxic masculinity trait but it was to me the other extreme and that was to me a lot more prevalent I'm, I'm, and it still is obviously in individual homes and, and people obviously when it comes down to an individual account all those things still exist but i i do think that that i'm just going to call it a spirit yeah because that's what it is yeah bred the other extreme of the spirit and and that's why i feel like just like you see how racism how bad it was back then and people will say like oh there's no such thing as being being able to be racist towards white people i i don't think that's true. I think it's absolutely yeah. Yeah. possible and true and it happens. And I feel like that is the extreme that has now been bred is that, you know, the white people don't have a voice or they shouldn't have a voice. They shouldn't have an opinion yeah, because they, they've been the majority for years. So it's kind of how you're thinking becomes, of mas- masculinity, yeah, masculinity is they're not allowed to have an breeds opinion. Another extreme, you know, on the opposite yeah. end of it. And, and I don't know. And I know that's 
it can be broken down a lot more and, and I'm not saying that's the entirety of it. And, and there's a lot to delve into within those things and there's lots of layers, but I just think in general that that's why it exists today is because I don't know if, if you don't have Christ or if you don't have morals yeah. or convictions, it's going to usually breed either, you know, some kind of trauma or it's going to breed mm-hmm. for you to have the mentality to the other extreme and, and fight back in abusive ways or in inappropriate ways as well. Chase looks so serious over there. He's like, I have never that, disagreed with someone more he's than like, today. I got so many things to say. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think about it. <clears throat> hey, there's a lot. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. I think there's yeah. a, However, a lot of <clears throat> stuff we can break down in there. And that's um, good. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start. So let's talk about um, if it's a societal norm, if that's what I actually bred to hear. And I think I would disagree with the contention that it was one extreme and then bred to the other. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that's... I wouldn't say it's from one extreme to the other. It depends on who you're asking. Mm-hmm. Because if you're asking someone who doesn't know how we believe, then it is going to be one extreme, which is that we do believe there's an order. Mm-hmm. and that wives are supposed to be subject to husbands and women. Which is funny because it's in the Bible. Yeah. It's not like it's some crazy... Well, but that's what I mean is for somebody else who, to someone who has now zero context and that's not even part of the culture so much anymore, mm-hmm. which is another problem of it, Yeah, that that is insane to them, mm-hmm. right? Because right now we've become so much of the individual rights. Yeah. But my contention would be that it wasn't the extreme that led to that other side. My contention, my point of view would be that it started just the same. And I mean, I used it in the last one, but it would be the same as Eve, right? There's always going to be a type and a shadow. Mm -hmm. And that women, once they stepped out, it keeps going, Mm -hmm. right? Until there's something to stop. And not just women, but then men go along and the whole society follows. So I would say that when this started and the whole feminist movement started, right? not that there was an abuse and that there aren't certain things to be taken care of again, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was a societal norm because if you're thinking abuse, that it's like, hey, you can go and beat your wife and mm-hmm. um, do that and that's okay and there's nothing right. wrong, yeah. right? And I'd have to look at the history to say, okay, for 100% to say, oh yeah, right. that was, you know, we were fine with just beating women and nobody <laughs> right. had an issue and women were fine to just be treated however. <laughs> Not that it didn't exist. And that's what I mean, the right. societal yeah. norm yeah. Yes. of there. If that's the norm and you're, and that's what I mean by abuse and that men were just treated their women however, I don't know of a time in history where that was because right. much of the culture that we're brought up in and we're yeah. based mm-hmm. in was a Christian home and mm-hmm. this and women to be respected. Mm-hmm. Not that there aren't cases. Again, right. doesn't alleviate that. However, those are the exceptions, not the rule. Mm-hmm. This, however, now where we're at today has become the rule. Yeah. I don't see a point where we've come from where it's okay to beat and berate women right. to a point now where it's okay right. to berate and do whatever to men and it doesn't matter. Right? So... I don't see it from one extreme to the other. I see a point where a decision was made and mm-hmm. then as human nature does is that what we view as, as progress in our case and we say, oh, it's progress. Mm-hmm. That's just a direction and we will continue on that direction. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just physics of that. Mm -hmm. A moving object will continue in that direction right. until an opposing force stops it. Right. That's going to be the way it goes. You can look down the road and say, okay, mm -hmm. well, this is where it's going to lead. Mm. So I don't know if I come to the point of that. Again, not that machismo doesn't exist, not something right. we guard against, but yeah. that there's a point where in society we've viewed it as there's a point where masculinity is a negative and becomes a point of quote unquote toxic yeah. masculinity. Yeah. Right. There's a, there's a point of where men are supposed to be same as we talked about in chivalry and they're supposed mm -hmm. to be respectful and treat people well mm -hmm. and work and be servants to others. Right. Our, our yeah. job is because of our greater strength and durability, our responsibility comes with mm -hmm. that to work and to take care of things. Mm -hmm. But I mean, sorry, I don't know if it's stopping you at the right place, but yeah, go ahead. Like toxic masculinity, is there anything when you say that, you know, we say that women, men are supposed to treat women with respect and, and it, and it goes back to our faith and, and just the Bible. It's not mm -hmm. even like we're trying to break down our faith exactly. You're strictly just talking about the Bible, but it's like, is there a saying of toxic, toxic feminism? Because we're supposed to treat our husbands as Christ, the head of our house. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I, and like, it goes back to, I guess how you're saying if if the head of the house is not taking the role as the head, but it, it's like, so men are only the masculine, toxic masculinity and men are, you know, but it's like as women, we just want to ignore the, the part that like, you know, you can be just as toxic. Yeah. Well, the hard part about that term is that feminism and things today are not about femininity. Yeah. It's about women becoming yeah, being, more masculine. Being, yeah, being, f yes. And so <laughs> when we say toxic femininity, it would be like, what, what yeah. would toxic femininity be? You can know what toxic yeah. masculinity is, is, ma is masculinity and machismo mm -hmm. to the extreme and thinking that you're better because you're male and that you're owed and that you're macho and you're this. And because of that, you have special rights about you that way. But I think that is what women, I mean, yes, because it is toxic femininity. It's not, nobody wants to be a female anymore. Nobody wants to take the place of a, a mother, a wife, a house. So this is Mike going off on a random tangent too, but so we've taken Austin to wrestling and it, it does lead into toxic femininity of how women are not feminine anymore. They're not ladies. They're not, it's all about being masculine, but yeah. everybody wants the rights as a woman. You know what I mean? Like we want to be a woman. We're proud to be women blah, blah, but nobody wants to be a actual lady woman. So we took Austin to wrestling tournament. First week, first wrestling tournament we went to, Mitchell couldn't go. And it was just me and Austin. And there was this one, and it sounds weird for me to describe it like this, but there was this one girl and she was in middle school, beautiful girl in middle school, but did not look like middle school in a onesie, you know, in a wrestling onesie. And like, not to be detail but like did not look like a little girl and watching her rolling around on the floor I, I'm like this is so disturbing and wrong like if you were to see this any other place you'd be paying for something like and it's horrible but that is what I was just like what in the world like this is crazy and then this kid next to me I mean just like had met them and it was hilarious he was probably 13 was looking over there and he had a terrible filthy mouth. But in, in another sense, he was like, do you see this? He's like, look at this mom. He's like, I don't want to wrestle her. 
if I did any of this outside of this tournament, I'd go to prison. Mm. And he's like, but it's okay for me to get down and do that. Mm. And I was just like, I mean, it is so true, but here we are. We're going to let, and so Austin, I, I, I was up on the stands. Austin had to wrestle a girl and Mitchell and I've already talked about that. Like not going to happen. Doesn't matter if he's the state champ stinks, but like just, we teach Austin not to, you raise and going back to masculinity and, and feminism or whatever you want to say, but it's like you teach them. You're not allowed. doesn't matter unless mm-hmm. it's a life or death situation. You're not touching a girl. It yeah. is a woman. It is a lady. It's a girl. Not going to happen. So we let him wrestle. I'd let him, I didn't have a chance to run down there and be like, you're not <laughs> wrestling. So he beat the girl. But the next week, Mitchell took Austin to the next match, and Austin, he made Austin, he walked up to the, it was his turn to wrestle, and he had wrestled the same girl. And Mitchell walked up and told the, you know, the whatever, the guy, and he's just like, he's forfeiting. And they were just like, he's forfeiting? Like, it was like this, like, we were the crazy ones Mm -hmm. for teaching our son. And Austin was totally mad because... Mm -hmm. In the end, he got third because technically since he forfeited, he lost one and he would have got second if he beat the girl. And But it was like we were like trying to teach Austin, yes, these girls put themselves on this mat. And in a way, sure, they deserve to be taken down if they want to be put up against a, a boy. But I'm like, we teach our kid not to touch. He's not allowed to touch. His sister, he's not allowed to touch. If he ever tried to do that on me, like, I would take him down. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? For, and another, so, for another year. But it's like, no, these girls, they if they want to be on the mat, then they just get what they deserve. But I'm like, if my son took down a little girl, doesn't matter. Like, you might want to say that feminism and women can do all the things that a man can do. That is baloney. Because if Austin was to take her down and, like, body slam her, she put herself in that position, but human instincts you would feel horrible because no matter what that's a little girl that's somebody's little daughter that's that's a little lady but because we told them to forfeit we were we were they were just like what is wrong with you yeah and that's taken a hold and you can see that it's really apparent but also going back to the original point is would you say that's toxic femininity or is that something else i feel it's a little toxic well, not that it's not toxic. There's a toxic point of that women are aggressive and it becomes, again, but that's more masculinity. So what I mean is that there's one edge of the extreme where there's the machismo and I can do whatever and I'm I'm tough. But that is. Is it, that femininity though? No, it's that, not femininity. Mm-hmm. I get it. But what women, it, you have to break that down of like what f- what we look at as a feminine. And that's what, feminine. I, mean, that's what I mean. Yes, is but that it's like. Mas- we have masculine roles and feminine roles. Yeah, but the, there's no such thing as a feminine role anymore. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact of what femininity actually means because as soon as you start arguing that femininity now means something else, you've lost a hold on the language, which means you've lost a part of your argument. You make sure that femininity remains and means something. Means you keep femininity girl. to mean a feminine role, to mean what it is to be a lady for women. So for what that do you women. call, what do you say that? That's what my question is. <laughs> That's my question. You say, is uh, what is toxic femininity? It's toxic because it's like... No, 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 hold on. Not that it's not toxic. It's just as soon as you start agreeing that femininity now means what feminism is today in that feminine now, femininity means masculine and it's the, to the point to where they think that they can do whatever, you've already lost a foothold in your battle because you're agreeing 
on the language on their terms. But that's so stupid. That doesn't make sense because I'm like feminine. It's a, you're still talking about the anatomy of a woman. No, no, no. You're talking in this case. You're talking about what it means to be a lady. Same as we are with masculine. You have a masculine role. Because if you're only talking about what it is as a woman, and now the woman is currently so defining just... you can't say feminine, be- you just say woman. No, no, no. No. That's what I'm asking. My original <laughs> so question... he's trying to ask you is, okay. that situation, would yeah. you categorize that as... No, no, no. You no, what, not, I'm, oh. what I'm saying is that what is to- when I'm defining what, to- what is toxic femininity, and you say it's when women do things like that, but we define that behavior as they're moving towards masculine. So that's not toxic femininity because masculinity, toxic masculinity is masculinity to the extreme. What is toxic femininity? And it should be, if you're saying toxic femininity, some to the extreme of being feminine. Whereas, so let's start with I that I don't know what I'm saying is there's no, to me, I'm like, how exactly. can you get, there's no you say, how do you, yes. Right. So that's why I say, okay, what is toxic femininity? Trying yeah. to define that. And making sure that we stay within that place because of the reason that as soon as you let them define the language, because if you say toxic femininity is now them moving towards the masculine and moving into a toxic behavior, same as a man, you're moving moving femininity towards masculine and away from where it's supposed to be, which is ladylike and feminine. I know. So how do you describe it? What do you describe? What, what, what do you say? I don't have that answer, but I'm (laughs) making sure that it doesn't move away from that. Because when you lose that language foothold, when yeah. you when you start agreeing on the the, their terms, because they just like to have when to me, I'm like they have no no that it doesn't that's not even common sense. They just like to use certain words to like throw that up because it's not. They <laughs> just like to. It's intentional. Yeah, I know. Because when you do adjust the language and we all start talking in concepts and terms that mean on what they define it as, again, we've given up footholds when we say that um, it's. When we say that it is um, gender affirming care, and it's right when you start saying that that, um, or you st- if you say gender affirming care rather than what it actually is, you are starting to talk on their terms, and you are agreeing that it's something softer because what you say matters, and how going back originally, how what you say and how you say it matters. If you ask someone, "Hey, do you believe in life saving gender affirming care?" Versus, hey, do you believe that um, children should be able to be castrated and mutilated with body parts cut off? Which one sounds more appealing? Gender. Affirming care. Exactly. So when you give up the language and you allow them to define the language, you are automatically moving into agreement with you. You're losing ground on your argument and you want to make sure that the terms are understood for what they are and that you don't lose that because if you can't communicate what you're saying... You will not, your argument won't gain ground. And so that's the, yeah, it's pedantic. It's yeah. not pedantic all the way, but my, my question was meant to say and bring across, sorry, what is toxic femininity? And I don't even have, yeah. And that's why I don't think like toxic femininity is, is necessarily a thing today. It's not, but it's like the thing that's toxic to me is that women can <clears throat> do that. And it goes back to the Me Too movement and <clears throat> this kind of thing. That is toxic because these girls are putting themselves. And these little, these boys who are growing and these developing and things are, they're still boys. Doesn't matter. They're rolling around on the floor. And like that little, clearly what that little set boy said, like I'd go to prison if I did this anywhere else, but it's toxic because then we're going to let them do it here. 
because women don't want to be, they don't want to be feminine. And so we're going to let them roll around on the mat and be rough. But like, it, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's appropriate for that. No, I know you're not. I just, I'm saying, I feel like mm. that is toxic. I do think, however, maybe it's not as obvious, but I do think that there exists such a thing as toxic femininity with its own traits defined to actual feminine roles. Yeah, and I'd be curious to hear yeah. that. What, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, I, I think because even from our last episode when I had actually studied, toxic femininity today would be classified as women who agree with um, the gender roles of, you know, a conservative or a biblical yeah, the perspective. The trad wife type deal. Yeah, it's, anyone, it's any woman who agrees with, you know, women being subject or being a housewife or being a mother. That is what they define toxic femininity as, which I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I tried to hit you, but I couldn't get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I think that that real that to me takes away the accountability of women right of like well if men have toxic traits then surely women have toxic traits that are attributed to just you know the the female role and i probably have toxic traits that's actually not that we don't have traits that we can work right, on but yeah. and my to that point that's what i mean is that when you you allow toxic femininity to be defined as something that becomes socially accepted and then suddenly that's what people think of as toxic femininity, which is negative, which means in the future moving forward, that lifestyle of being a traditional wife is now defined as toxic femininity. It's synonymous with it, so it's negative, and that becomes what's ingrained in people's minds and automatically pushes them away from that, even though we believe that that's a good thing. So that's why holding on to language and making sure that the definitions are not just given up is important. But... I still don't, from our perspective, yeah. right? We don't believe that that's toxic femininity. That's femininity at its best. Mm-hmm. So what is toxic femininity? Yeah, what do you so, think? So Jordan Peterson actually mentioned a few attributes of toxic femininity. Oh. And he mentions the smothering mother. Mm. Oh. That's which a is, you know, mothers who kind of don't let the, the men try to parent their child or they're just very mm-hmm. smothering. They, they have a tight grasp on their children to the point, to the detriment of their growth. And, you know, so that's one, right? Mm-hmm. That that would be attributed to the mother role, which I've seen that, right? I've seen that personally. The, the mother who can, you know, stunt the growth of their of their child mm-hmm. because they're smothering, because they can't do no wrong, because they wouldn't they wouldn't rather not discipline them, stuff like that. He also mentions um, women who are promiscuous mm-hmm. and who use mm-hmm. their that's sex, true. their gender to their which Caitlin mentioned last time. (laughs) That to me is toxic. It's toxic. And that's attributed to the feminine role, right? To the feminine uh, side of things. And that to me is its own Mm -hmm. definition of toxic femininity that can actually be attributed to, to, to females as opposed to females, you know, being in accordance with being housewife or or a mother. Like that's not toxic. That's, that's, normal right but society wouldn't see it that way now yeah those are both really good points yeah i like that a lot and those are those are feminine traits that come from feminine roles and parts the smothering mother is very much like that is a, a natural instinct and then taking to its extreme you're saying masculine is to its extreme that is definitely a trait mm-hmm. from a woman that is then to its extreme and to a detriment that's toxic and same for 
Which is funny because the smothering mother isn't necessarily viewed as a good thing in today's age. However, the sexuality of the woman to its extreme and sexual empowerment and all of yeah. that is, is viewed as a positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, to- the toxic femininity is promoted, at least an attribute of toxic femininity is promoted these days. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Really good point. We are getting back off on femininity. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. I know. Really, we those just women. Can't. We're not get, women bashing. Can't get away yes. from live those with women. them and we can't live without them. <laughs> Amen. Um, what else you got for us? What are the questions? Chase is the one that is good. He has the notes. He has the questions. We're just here to give us all our opinions. I'm trying to think of how to bring it forward in that. So we have toxic masculinity. So let's go ahead and, and let's try and talk about what positive masculinity is. Jason, what is Jason Stephen Mitchell right there? <laughs> My dad. So from your perspective, <laughs> what is what is positive masculinity to you? Um when you think of a positive mo- male role model for Austin and not as a person, it may come mm. from a person, but those attributes mm-hmm. that you assign to the person that that make you admire them as a as a masculine figure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean, you can cheat. So, sure. <laughs> I'm like, so there's no, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> We're done. Um, I mean, yes. Okay. So not saying certain people, mm-hmm. just attributes. You can think of, of a person, yeah. but what makes them, what attributes make them a positive male role model in your mind? It goes back to chivalry, hardworking, dedicated, Chase. I'm not asking. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I do think, um, just seeing, yeah, I just think as a man of like hardworking of, and, and I don't even want to, because nowadays I think it's like Mitchell and I've talked about this too. Um, uh, back, maybe say quote unquote back in the day, even in, even when we were younger, I, I feel like men had to work harder with their hands and physical, you know, there was other jobs, but nowadays there is so many IT jobs and computer jobs. She's Chase, pointing at me. His fingers, they're very masculine. <laughs> for from the keyboard. I work in an office all day. Yeah. But, but like, and Mitchell has gotten to the point where he's, he doesn't hang gutters as much because he has employees. But as a man, I'm sure that can feel like as a true masculine man, if you think of a masculine man, I automatically think of my dad. Grandpa, these men that act like got out and worked with their hands, and that's so masculine. They're so manly. Like you have manly hands. Like you always hear that saying, like, "Oh, their hands are so manly because they're big." But it doesn't mean nowadays. I don't. I think it's you're just hardworking because there's uh, so many opportunities and different jobs nowadays. You know what I mean? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So I don't. I don't ever want Austin to think that his dad's not masculine or his uncle or these people around him aren't like masculine men because they're not out there throwing a hammer or that that's what defines a man that does. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't define a man. I I think that those men, when you look at grandpa and you look at dad and you look at uncle Bob and you look at these men, they are different. Like they have a grit to them that I don't think men have nowadays. And I do think regardless of it's, it's, supposed to right the jobs have now it's harder to get that grit i think that grit is important even if you don't do that as your normal job and you don't Mm -hmm. have that being able to do that 
being capable yes. of that is important. Yeah. Regardless I yeah. of what your job is. Yeah, I want, yeah, and I guess you think of that, like I want Austin to be able to be able to do those things because that's just kind of a manly thing to do. You can get out there and figure it out. And I, I think that it, I think that masculine men, no matter what, I think it's in your DNA. Men just can, I can think of like, oh, I can figure this out. I can, I can build something totally fine. And then I get halfway through and I'm like, no, men just have a different common sense of being able to figure out. Do you know what I mean? Like it comes easier as a, as, as a masculine man. I don't know if that makes any sense, <laughs> but like, I think that's what I think of like a masculine man or a manly man is, I don't know. Okay. A, a hardworking, dedicated, loving. Yeah. I think that's actually a really hard question. Cause when I think about it, I'm like, obviously like, Oh, a manly man. Like my celebrity crush is Tom Cruise. I mean, not Tom. Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> you heard it here folks. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me redeem Is myself. It because he's Tom Selleck. Tom <laughs> Big Selleck. Difference Big difference. Okay. It's too late. Yeah, We're I'm like, please, please, out. please. <laughs> Do not think my crush is Tom Cruise. Tom Selleck. But he's like a manly man. Why? Right. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, you're thinking of like the lumberjack. You're yeah. thinking of the like hair yeah. on your chest. But then I don't arms. look at like. I, I look at Chase and not to make him comfortable. I think Chase is a manly man, but he doesn't throw around hammers. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't. I don't look do like Tom around? Selleck. <laughs> but then even like, okay, so Paul Paul was not, okay, yeah, Chase is a manly man. Which is like man. the epitome of masculinity. Yeah. In that sense. And he was, I was the top an of his IT class. guy in the Marines. Chase Wilson. It's true. I Bob. get it. But if you would have chosen to do anything else, we all know that you were top of the class. He would have made severe, like he was the top of the market. Right, of the shooting. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. Okay, manly man. Out 20 minutes here. I know. <laughs> manly man is like, uh, I still see a lot of manly men yeah. that aren't necessarily in construction. So or, if you yeah. distilled that essence down, right? Because when you look at your dad or Tom Selleck or something like that, there's this, there's <laughs> <Mitchell>. an image <laughs> of them. Yeah. That is tough and they're rugged and they're square jawed and yeah. they're muscular and they have an appearance of being tough. Caitlin, calm down. What? <laughs> Tom. What if, but you say that you see the masculinity and that's what I'm trying to ask is what do you distill it down oh, to? I know. I, 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 I don't know. That's okay. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of, of like, it's hard because, you, yeah. you know, like I, I just, am like, oh, manly men, but, well, I think at your core, you know, right? Because I think you obviously married a man who who has a work ethic. Exactly, Let's work that ethic. Is who to protects me a his man, family? Yes. Who stands for what's right? Who, like, you obviously were attracted Protector. to him because of those attributes. Yeah. And to me, like, oh, he was, she was attracted to him because of his good good looks. He's right. He was Once very he put handsome. That he is. He is in those very wedding handsome. pictures. I yeah. Know, you were I know. like, I was like, he's, I'm sure he'll be a manly say man. This I'm for sure. Mitchell, Mitchell, yeah, he. Even when he was younger, he went out in the woods, shot guns, had horses. Yeah. Um, so cool. Even now, he so built a cool. business by himself. So he cool, took Mitchell. it, kept it going. Yes. Um, but now, yes. had it grown yes. and provided yeah. jobs for other people. So Absolutely. I think that is, um, but what I see, I guess, and maybe as men, you can, you guys can say, like, I see Mitchell get really insecure. Um, so <laughs> if somebody comes home, 
or comes to our house in Mitchell's home, he gets so insecure that somebody thinks that he's home or like he'll run off into the room so people don't know he's home or he'll drive away because he feels embarrassed that he's not out physically working with his hands. Mm-hmm. And, and because he'll look at my dad and be like, oh, that he is such a manly man. Like he just out, out there working. But there's such different personalities. Like we, we dad even knows this. Dad is such a control control person he can't physically let somebody else do the work mm-hmm. mitchell is like his his motto is always work smarter not harder not saying that's not smart he's a genius <laughs> but it's just different traits okay so but as as mitchell as a man you see him like get so insecure that he, he'll be like you know i'm just not manly i'm not i'm just not this i'm not that i'm like i i sit at i'm not sit at home but like he gives me a life where i can stay at home with our kids a beautiful home a, I, like anything that i could ever want and I'm not saying that makes, you know what I mean? Like if no, but right. Because being a man, isn't just about yeah. working hard or working out or doing construction because the attributes are still the same, mm-hmm. right? Because your dad could have gone out to work in construction, come home and been a terrible husband, yeah. right? Yeah. Yelling at his wife, being abusive, but he and wasn't. I would never have looked at him as a manly man. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because that's not what defined him, yeah. right? Yeah. Being rugged and, and being able to work. The attribute that made him manly was that he was willing to do hard work to mm-hmm. provide for his family, yeah. to, to put food on the table, to, to have a roof over your heads. Mm-hmm. And so that those attributes of him was what made him a man is that he was willing to work harsh conditions. Yeah. And and the same for Mitchell, right? You look at him and he's, he's willing to work hard yeah. because he's working hard in a different sense, right? Different he's sense. not out there up on a roof in the hot sun, but it's, he's still working hard and he's doing what he has to, to provide for you guys. But like, just because he's not working out there, that, also doesn't make him any less of a man. Just yeah. like working at home doesn't make him any less or more of a man either, right? It's the attributes, right? It's yeah. his character yeah. of him working hard to provide for his family and provide a life for you where you can live comfortably, yeah. you can feel safe and protected and loved because that's a, a big part yeah. of it as yeah. well, right? And I mean, honestly, like... But as men, do you guys feel insecure? Like if somebody's like, are you guys proud of like, you still feel yourself as a manly man because you might not have a physical, like, you know what I mean? I can see how there could be insecurity in that. I think. Well, but for you, like, what for do me? you, yeah, what do you Both feel? Both you personally, like, do you feel like. Yeah, I mean, I'm like cooped up in my room all day in front of a computer screen. But so if somebody's like, if somebody's like you, what do you do for a job? I know that you're proud of it, but yeah. is there an insecurity of like, oh, I'm not a manly man because I'm not out there. No, not necessarily. Like, I don't feel emasculated by my okay. job or because I'm on a computer typing instead of out working. Now, I, I do think that I've had insecurities where I wish I was more manly in the sense of that typical, yeah. you know, I wish I was more rough and I wish I was out there working hard and, you know, out or in the like sun. Or just like into guns. Yeah, into yeah, gun, yeah. You know, like sometimes I do get insecure about those things uh, just as a man looking at that those traits are typical within manly mm-hmm. men. You yeah, know? yeah. But then again... I just think to how that doesn't necessarily define a man. And then I'm like, all right, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. I think yeah. as long as I'm, you know, a good person and not, yeah. you know, going to the other side either. Obviously I don't want to, you know, he won't catch me like painting my nails, or, <laughs> but uh, that's good. Yeah. You know, I, I think if you're not dipping into the other side, but yeah, I mean, there, there's insecurities there. I think, that's probably for a lot of men and I'm sure a lot of men are very sure of themselves and feel completely yeah. confident in, in what they provide and what they give out to the world. But I think you could, you, I think any man would want to feel like they can do better. Yeah. It's just in them. Do you feel insecure maybe with chase with 
like because dad is such a worker with his hands do you ever feel insecure with like even living up to dad because in in that day and age or like back then like they never in a million years would they think sitting on a computer they could make a good you know what I mean so do you ever get insecure with like that kind of thing like not living up to dad but you know proving a point of like no um but mine goes back to uh, going through what I went through in my teenage years and going through the stuff that I did forced me to recognize where my value actually was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to understand at some point that masculinity wasn't defined necessarily by that. It is defined by me having the grit. And that's why the grit is still important to do Mm -hmm. what I need to do Mm -hmm. and to do that every once in a while. Um, but it's not defined by my job necessarily because, um, masculinity for me hasn't been that, um, I've watched, yeah, like I've watched really machismo men or quote unquote masculine men be terrible men and bad people. Mm Mm-hmm. And that hasn't proven anything to me. And I've watched right. my dad, who is very tough and um, <clears throat> very much shaped by the work that he's done, and also be brought down very humble and emotional about things yeah. and open and yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. And so those have been positive influences on me on that, um, on what masculinity is. And so I've never been insecure because I, I know who I am. I know that I'll do whatever it takes and it may not look like, uh, it may not look like I go out and shovel or something like that. Yeah. But when I've needed to be there for the people who I care about, Mm -hmm. I've been there, even if it's been hard for me or Mm -hmm. it hasn't felt like it at the time. And those are positive traits. And I've watched Mitchell, um, stand up for what he believes in. Mm -hmm. I've watched him be able to stand against pressures and do that regardless of what's come and who was against him at the time. And to me, that shows masculinity. Those are essences of what masculinity you're supposed to be, that when true pressures come Uh and not just something that you're going to go out and dig in with a pick and a shovel, anybody can do that for a little bit. Exactly. But when someone goes through a sustained pressure and went through a true trial in life and yeah. still be able to stand, come to the other side and be able to hold their head mm-hmm. up high, feeling like they did what they knew was right. Yeah. That's what masculinity has been to me. So. Yeah. Wow. I never thought of it that way. I love him so much. <laughs> He's so manly. He really is. Yeah. I no. Do. Yeah. I think that I think that is a really good, good. Yeah. An analogy or, or example, not analogy, but like. Yeah, so if Mitchell ever did hear this, I don't know if he'll listen to us again. He like loves now, me now so much, though. I'm like, he's so no, but special. It, he really is. Like, he I, is. I have so much respect <laughs> for Mitchell, to be honest. Like, I, I look at him, and he's someone that you want to emulate his character, right? That like, is so nice. He's, he's going to feel so good about himself. <laughs> don't let this go in your head this. if you listen to this, Mitchell. <laughs> he, you know, I see him stand at his post of duty. I see him, the way he puts himself out there even if it's uncomfortable, right? And like, the funny thing is he is, I don't know how we're getting on Mitchell, but like he is, unless you really know Mitchell, he looks grumpy, he looks unhappy, he looks like he doesn't want to be there, but he like is totally faithful. And once you get to know him one-on-one, he's a completely right. different person. It's like he shows up where it matters. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, just like Chase said, it's like 
that's what defines yeah. the man is when you can show up where it truly matters. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, any guy can go out there and learn how to build a house and do all these things, but that's not going to define his character. Yeah. Right? Because like, maybe you enjoy those things and those are just yeah. things that they do. You can get a release. But I've watched, I've been fortunate enough to watch Mitchell in certain situations, and you have too, obviously, much more than I have, but I've been fortunate to watch him be faced with certain situations, and even though it is uncomfortable and difficult, still do what he knows is right and push through, not embarrass himself, Mm -hmm. not make anything of it, and not make anything of himself, and just do what the correct thing is, and then keep walking forward. So... For him to do that, he's proven his masculinity to me. Yeah, he's he's proven that he's a man. And he doesn't have anything to worry about, and there's Unless no. He's abusing you at home. No, it would probably be the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> we all we all he know it's be, the opposite. He Caitlin. would be blinking twice. Everyone knows <laughs> I'm that. Like Mitchell blink twice. Mitchell's like help. He's not <laughs> <in> here. <laughs> he keeps trying to Poor leave, Mitchell. but the kids keep holding him back <laughs> during these times. Oh no! Please, Daddy, don't leave. It'll just be us. We're praying for you, Mitchell. Don't worry. No, yeah, I think that's. But I also think that's a huge part of what is missing today. And sometimes that is, that not sometimes, that is always developed through pressure and hard times. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, I, I do believe that, it's same as women, in that you believe that there's weak women. I believe there's weak men. Mm-hmm. Truly boys, because when pressure comes, they'll fold. Yeah. And they have nothing to stand on. They have no belief system that they're standing on. They're being pushed wherever. One, they haven't raised that way, and they haven't sought that to, that that out themselves to find something to believe in and something that is good. So they'll just go along with whatever, feeling like that's the right thing. Mm-hmm. But that's the opposite of what masculinity is. Mas- the, the masculinity is supposed to be that grit that you stand during the trial when you do what you know is right, and you come through the trial, that you don't fold, that you don't give in, regardless of what the battle looks like. And I think of People in the Revolutionary War and the style of battle that there was, men used to march along in a row, and I might look at that now and think that is the most ridiculous thing (laughs) I've ever seen. You're standing there going to get shot. But at the time, that's how things were fought. And what it meant to them was that they were going for their country, knowing Mm -hmm. they were most likely going to die, but it was because of what they believed in was right. In the case of the Revolutionary War, that they believed that we were supposed to be our own country, that there was an injustice going on from... Mm-hmm. what we were already attached to. So they went out there, they stood in line, they followed the orders that they were given, not for the purpose of themselves, because they knew they were probably going to die, they would never make it home, but for the purpose of something higher and something bigger. And you can't find purpose in just yourself. It's, it's impossible. We're not big enough to find true yeah. purpose. And so when I look at the fortitude that those men had, and I rarely see that today, mm-hmm. I don't see people who can stand and hold and regardless of what comes and the social pressure or anything mm-hmm. like that, everyone's so afraid of social pressure and canceling and all this. If you can't stand that, that's not, then you're lacking something that is required for masculine men. Mm-hmm. And it's not about machismo. It's not yeah, about this. Yeah. There are so many other attributes that are required for that because it's not also about just being rough and tumbling, yeah. mean and shoving things in people's face. And that's also the part of communication that I was talking about. We're also called to be kind and loving yeah. and to aim for something good out of our lives. Mm-hmm. And there's also not people doing that. Everyone is on, regardless of what political side you're believing yeah. in. I don't believe that matters at that point because if you're working on just tearing down another side out of malice yeah. and out of this, not trying to accomplish something out of something well-intended and a purpose that is right and good, but you're doing it out of anger and venom, 
you're not going to have a good outcome. Mm -hmm. You're not going to actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. If you can put yourself and stand on what you believe and stay in your purpose in the way that's correct, that's the only way you can have a good outcome. But nobody's doing that. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. I think that when you ask me of what do I think as a masculine man, as a manly man, um, this was to me already a great episode because I think you really broke down of like what a masculine man is because I think I could look at, I was so blessed to look at, and even when I say, well, what do I want Austin to look at? I don't need him. I don't need to, it, I don't like, what is it saying? Our life is our preacher sermon. Our life is our sermon oh, kind of yeah. thing. I could name off every single man in our church. Mm-hmm. I could name Stephen right here. I can name you of like watching Stephen go through some of his things in his life, his past, when he's younger, whatever else, even your stuff that you went through and then you came back to church, like that is attributes of a masculine man. Like that is true you. Like the Marines moving to Phoenix, going through some of the things, the flood, whatever else, like just like you guys were saying about Mitchell, the same could go through with all, we could go through and just really like show, and and it goes back to our faith of like, true godly men Mm -hmm. and that is true masculine man you could go through the list of people in the church of like they're still standing they're still standing they're still standing they're still standing and the common denominator is you know they have the lord and it's not pointing at themselves that's also part of masculinity Mm -hmm. it's not about Mm -hmm. us it's about doing what is right for what we believe for the sake of that for something bigger so i don't feel like i need to Teach Austin. You don't need to teach Oliver Peyton. You know, you do have to obviously teach him or, or say things, but the life you live in front of them Absolutely. is exactly what is teaching them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and we touched on that last time about relationships and the positive yeah. relationships for what a, a wife and a husband are supposed to be and why mm-hmm. that relationship and focusing on it is so important. It's important for you to live your life in the way because as soon as you do something even if it may be standing for quote unquote the right thing or whatever else, but you become angry and you became, you become um, bitter about something that image is marred, right? All that you can see that in that there's somebody doing something for themselves and mass, you see men and people point to Trump all the time and I'm probably going <laughs> to, but people point to Trump and he's like, Oh, he's great. He's this or that. But I saw, and I still see a man who's still just doing things only for himself, not for, you know what? You People. need to watch it. Yeah, I know. Watch I'm, I'm it. Gonna get, I'm going to get in trouble. We're going to have to take that Trump flag down from your property. I'm like big Florida girl here. Just kidding, guys. I've had DeSantis now. Yeah, but... Um, yeah. And the images that people have, when I look at him, he's he's done great things, don't get me wrong, his policies and things that I agree with. But when he's always just pointed to that, oh, I'm being mm-hmm. oppressed or I am there, I'm being victimized, I'm done. Oh, they're, it's all woe is me. Oh, they did me wrong. Yeah. Oh, and it's all true. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but even at the, to the detriment yeah, of other people that he's called yeah. for people to um, like protest and stuff because of him, right? Mm-hmm. And not that it, mm-hmm. if he was presenting himself in a way that was him just doing what he knew was right. Mm-hmm. And not him trying to make it about him yeah. because that's his. That is how he advertises. That is, yeah. I get why he does it. Yeah, he does it because that's what he's a marketer. He's he's very he's much a genius. Media. Yeah, he understands. <laughs> he understands how to get the attention, yeah. which to him is the number one thing. But that's the problem is that you don't mm-hmm. do the things for the attention. You do the things for the purpose. Yeah, you don't go out there and do the right thing. And if you're 
made famous for something that you did, what you did generally shouldn't be for you getting famous. It should be to accomplish the thing that you want to do because you believed is right. Yeah. George Washington didn't go out there and make it about himself because he wanted to be president to do that. No, he believed in the mission that yeah. they had. Yeah. Right. And then stepped off when it was done. He had the mm-hmm. opportunity to continue to be president and make it almost a monarchy, but he stepped down and said, no, we shouldn't have it that way. Yeah. It'll just lead to something bad. It wasn't about him. It was about the country. Yeah. It was entirely about the country. What was good for other people. And that's what true masculinity is, is that service to others that we also mentioned last time. Mm-hmm. It's a huge part of it is that your service to others is putting other needs before yourself and that you mm-hmm. sacrifice the whatever it may be yeah. for the benefit of the people around you yeah. when you know that thing is right. Yeah. 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 I probably should have used another example because like I said, now we just <laughs> alienated this everybody. This is turning very political and now it's controversial. Now it's Oh, so, Okay. I had thought of this a while back and I just remembered it talking about the, the, you know, the term masculinity. And so there's a verse in the Bible um, that talks about love. Uh, uh-huh. It's a verse, well, we know pretty well, but it's in first mm. Corinthians 13, four through seven. Yeah. So I'm going to read it okay. and then I'll say why I'm reading it this way. So starting at uh, number four, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up, doth mm-hmm. not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoke, provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And then, and I'm not like making up theology or like a, a doctrine out of this, but I was like, well, the Bible also says God is love. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> God is Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so if I were to replace charity with Christ in there, I could also apply that to myself, right? If yeah. he's the the perfect example of yeah. masculinity, yeah. then I can apply. Yeah. And I know that this is literally talking about love, but I, I think I can but apply <laughs> all those attributes that Christ had yeah. because he is love. Then... I could consider that a pretty good example of masculinity. And not once does it say that we have to be, you know, <laughs> out working in the sun or, yeah, or big yeah. and strong yeah. with huge muscles. I mean, you know, I think it's pretty cool that Jesus was a carpenter and he worked and w- with woodworking and all those things. Mm-hmm. But uh, that wasn't what made him. And it breaks into the character and the attributes. That's yeah, exactly what. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. I you kind of had that same thing, I right? Li- I have it listed as bi- biblical masculinity. Jesus is the standard and the ideal for what men should be. Jesus yeah. was patient, kind, gentle, having self-control, yeah. thoughtful and wise, humble, giving. When it came time to stand for what was right, he made no qualms about it. When something was required of him that he didn't want to do, he did it for the sake of those he loved. Mm-hmm. Forgiving, understanding, and corrective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so you look at those attributes, and that's that's where our, our standards should be. Yeah. I really feel like we should have a, a kind of long conversation around standards. <laughs> but Part three. But <laughs> It's just an ongoing series. If you, um, if you look at that and you say, what is the standard for what a man should be? Yeah. And if they don't line up with those things, not that they have to be perfect or that they don't follow or anything, but that's what they should be striving for. Yeah, yeah. And you look at it as a person who you think of as a masculine man and a good man. Mm-hmm. And if they're not he's those things. He's a good man. He's, he's a, a good, good man. man. <laughs> then yeah. that's, that's what I look for. Absolutely. 
And I think that Time is... Time flew. <laughs> I mean, it's great that we have men to look up to. Yeah. I think it's great that we, you there's husbands and there's fathers and there's leaders that we can look up to, but ultimately they are just men. Yeah. Right? And without Christ, uh, they're prone to, to fail yep. and make yep. mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, just like we all will. Yeah. And, and I remember growing up, I was really resentful of the fact that I felt like I didn't have a, a good male example in my mm-hmm. life. Right? I was like super bitter about it. I just thought all the men in my life had failed me. There was no good example of that. And, you know, I kind of battled with that for quite a few years and I left church and I was really resentful. And I just thought, well, the people who are supposed to help you and be there for you and, and lead you and, and help you grow failed you. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it came to me, well, Christ. Christ is that, right? Like yeah. he's the only perfect example of that. And and it's not that, you know, it, it sounds like, well, be perfect, right? And in a way, <laughs> we're called to be. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's not that we won't make mistakes and, and fall, but that r- that's exactly it. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to make mistakes and fall. And so the only true example of that is is Christ. And I think when you're, when you're trying to aim for that as opposed to the next guy or, you know, being better than... I think you should always try to be better than who you were yesterday, but what's that end goal, right? Yeah. And what is the purpose of that and what's the intent of that? And and I think without Christ, it, it's kind of in vain. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, totally. so yeah, you just tell Austin to make that his example. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> and <laughs> and Mitchell, of course, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do Mitchell. I think, yeah, yeah. Ideally, since we're going all the way there, what we are is supposed to be as a representation yeah, of Christ. Yeah. So those those attributes come from Him in all trueness. And I think it's it is funny because um, there's also a verse in the Bible, not that we are perfect, and the Bible says, but it's, "Aren't we perfect in Christ?" Well, yes, <laughs> it is true. But it says, "For a man falleth, uh, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Mm-hmm. But the wicked shall fall into mischief, and that's it." And, mm-hmm. right, so it's not that you, when yeah. you fall, a judgment will fall, but, but he, he gets, gets back up. up. Yeah. He gets up again. That's it. And that's why it doesn't even say that, um, I think it's interesting because it says a, a just man falls seven times and riseth, riseth up, not eight times, it says he gets up again. Yeah. And it's that continuation. And so like you're saying, it's not that we are, we are perfect, we claim to be perfect, because we're not, that would be no. critical. Yeah. And, and um, But it's that we continue. Mm-hmm. is that we get, get up, up and we carry on and we yeah, absolutely. persist. Yeah. I mean, and what better example of manliness than Christ who literally went up into Jerusalem knowing yeah. what was coming mm-hmm. yeah, and knew that he was going to go through with it mm-hmm. and goes through with it and bears a cross mm-hmm. yeah. and dies for us, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like... I mean, from beginning to end, he went yeah. out in the desert and yeah. started out fasting for 40 yeah. days. yeah. And then was tempted, and then came out and went and healed and ministered and all those things. And he went going to places where he knew he would be unwelcome, and people chased him out and were trying to stone him. Mm-hmm. And he still went. He knew that he was supposed to go there and did yeah. things, right? And then, like you're saying, and my dad had a really good point about this when we were talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, is that mm-hmm. he went, and he didn't want to do it, right? Mm-hmm. He said, if, if there's a way for this cup to pass, let, mm-hmm. it, let it go. Mm-hmm. And it says God left him, right? He was alone, mm-hmm. And da- my dad pointed out that when he did that, he made the decision not of, of that godliness that was full of him, but that he did that as a man, mm-hmm. fully on his own, taking mm-hmm. that on himself to decide himself. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, and Isn't that a crazy thought that yeah. he was so 
man, yeah. but so God, like he literally came on this earth so that he could sympathize with exactly like this masculine that we're talking about, mm-hmm. that he can truly understand like you men making these hard decisions in life. And like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. No, it's, it's, for some reason, there's a point there where we, we may never understand why fully. I understand the why of he was here, but why he went about it that way, right? He lived a whole life and not an easy life. He didn't live as what you'd imagine a king living, right? No, and yeah. And when you think of he was tempted in all things. Yeah. And he died at 33. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like at almost 30, I'm tempted in whole new ways mm-hmm. that I maybe never have. Like, there's nothing new under the sun, but... You know, as as you get older, you get tempted in other ways that you might not have when you're younger. So to think of his short 33 years being tempted in all things, mm-hmm. like that's a short life to have to bear. Even just bearing, not just he bared the, for the cross, but like bearing all of those things in such a short amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, there's so many good examples. It's easy to yeah. go on about this and we probably should have had another. Talk about true grit. Yeah. yeah. When the the Pharisees brought the woman before him, or it was the townspeople or the Pharisees, the religious people who brought the woman before him who'd been caught with another man in the act, Mm -hmm. brought before him. And you look at that and it's like you can always go to that example and people take it as like, oh, you need to condemn things and do this. And you're like, man, how do you line that up with what how he behaved yeah. when he stood in front of all the people who would have quote unquote a right to do it because they were religious and mm-hmm. by the letter of the law correct but in the spirit were wrong and they were rebuked right and he stood between them and said wrote you know he said he wrote in the sand and what we believe is that he wrote their sins and said feel free to throw the first stone if you think you can yeah and yeah i think it's yeah. here you see me just like hurling it <laughs> like, yes. I still don't learn. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, right on the noggin. Just like, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, we got to stop somewhere because we could go. Now we're going off on a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, this, is, this could yeah. be a whole other conversation. I mean, it's still, it is. Really I'm just like, okay, can you talk about? It goes back to masculinity. Those men sitting there, looking at this woman, and and Jesus saying, "Throw the first stone." Can you imagine how? What's the word? Unmasculine. <laughs> Well, yeah, unmasculine they would feel. Like, do you think emasculated? Like them just sitting there of like, like these men are like, yeah, we're going to blah, blah, and then Jesus being like, go ahead. Anybody that has a sin, throw the first stone. Like, I wonder if it was just like, chirp, chirp. Like, well, hey, John, you, 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 you need to throw You were pretty stone. passionate you about add, stone in here. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, he's like, Have you done anything? You go first. I actually think my wife has dinner ready. ready. I bet you that's where the phrase girls first started <laughs> was those men they probably turned to the women and were like girls first, <laughs> first. go ahead go ahead come you want to throw a stone at her ahead. here honey honey come here babe babe bring little sarah little Shelby. <laughs> sarah come throw the stone throw the stone to this girl <laughs> no yeah it goes back to like going back to a true example of christ being so humble and meek and meek as an attribute of a man of being like, you know what? Grace and love. Yeah. And it goes back to that of that is a true attribute of a godly man. Yeah. And I, I think that we can get off on like, I want a masculine man. I want a, a, you know, manly man. But I really 
should teach Chloe. And same thing. I want you to look for a godly man, which in turn is a manly man, but a godly man is a true man. Yeah. Well, I mean, a masculine man, part of the reason why that is attractive is because it does show that there has been some grit, that they have gone through yeah. things and made it through and yeah. allowed it to mold them into something. Because they're shaped by those things as masculine yeah. men, or they're muscular or whatever. They've been shaped into by by some strain, <laughs> right? By some sort of hardship. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're a good man, but yeah. it is an outward indicator mm-hmm. of something. <laughs> and I'm like going to have hip problems from how <laughs> much I've been sitting down my whole life. <laughs> not anymore since he's I like, stole your chair. He's heading on over to Home Depot to grab a <laughs> shovel. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's going to dig at home, but he's going to dig yeah, tomorrow. I'm going to go buy like a drill <laughs> set and... Steven's going to go get a spray tan. Well, you don't need a tan. <laughs> I'm very brown, for those of you who don't know what I look like. <laughs> Chase comes all tan on. Chase comes with the spray tan on. You also don't need a tan. He's a little pale. Right now. It's been the winter months. It's the winter Once, months. Yeah. He gets brown, too. But anyways. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which one I could use. <laughs> None. You're a dummy. You're a dummy. Thanks, guys. I, I was... Okay, okay, so, yeah, well, good episode. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, uh, you could just go on and on. That's the problem. I can't even believe what time it is. Yeah, we've been on about an hour and a half. Yeah, it just flew by. It's good. Yeah. I really do want to do one of these with about standards. I got to keep making up excuses to have new part threes, part four, (laughs) part 15, part... (laughs) It's going to keep going. You don't have to be the masculinity guest. I know. I love how I'm the masculinity guest as a female. Because you're so masculine. I know. It's more about getting a different perspective. But all right. Yeah, that's true. That too. I'll Always. think of something else so I can get back on here. No. Everyone will miss me. <laughs> humble. Oh, wait. Humble and kind. Always be humble mm-hmm. and kind. <laughs> that's Tim McGraw, by the way. Humble and kind. We're not, we're not endorsing, uh, we're not endorsing for you to go I listen. Have got, to, I've, where did I hear that song before? Hmm. No idea. Yeah, it just, I've never listened to it once in my life. Just must have been on a, but always stay humble I would say kind. commercial, but ooh, I haven't seen those either. Yeah. Well, I don't watch TV. <laughs> what are you talking about? Commercials? Ads? I don't even watch YouTube. All these people what are, are like, what about? are they talking about? And we listen to. Haters. Go ahead, Gloria. <laughs> What? Do your Gloria. Oh, no. My Gloria. Okay, guess it has to be the right time, but Stephen can do the perfect impersonation of a Gloria Gaither moment. Yeah, where she talks in the like in the middle of a song <laughs> while they play softly in the background. I don't even... You know you want to do I, it. I, I forgot. I feel like I remembered her you gotta have this. You have to have this but. like music in the background. like the <laughs> Yeah, the soft piano and like the, the angelic This is choir. why we laugh during choir, because yeah. Stephen all of a sudden, he'll be like, and lower matches <laughs> here before you. <laughs> and like Ryan is just trying to figure out a chord and he's just like over there like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you take every sick child in America and you heal them. Is <laughs> it a snail? I'm like, am I just like going into sacrilege? Uh, forgive me. No. Okay. Jesus would have let you get stoned. No. <laughs> He's like, quick, throw the stone. Jesus would I have did. Stephen was a first oh. martyr. <laughs> Just let me fall asleep. Was he Stephen with a PH, though? He was Stephen with a PH. Yeah, he was Stephen with a PH. Absolutely. The Lord would have got down with his finger to write something and been like, 
It would have <laughs> Jesus would have written stone him. <laughs> <laughs> now I've had a sacrilege. But he did it. <laughs> I'm like, I might need to edit okay. this one out. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> we're all being all religious. Okay, we're we'll a difference <laughs> today. We're going to end in a prayer asking for forgiveness. And yeah, we're going to repent Which live. Which you should do every day. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Cue the soft piano music. We actually have a, a guest. Can you guys Gloria Gaither, come on out. Piano music, so Gloria can make it. <laughs> yeah, we need to start doing those on on here. Okay, seriously, like <laughs> anybody who doesn't know who Gloria Gaither is gonna be like, what? They're all who is that? <laughs> is maybe like maybe Gaither's Ga- Gaither's go are gonna to go the stalk. Vocal band They're gonna right like right now. All of their all of their all of their newer stuff. <laughs> all of it. Just go listen. To <laughs> okay. No, that was great. I think we we, we definitely had some yeah. good conversation, and we. I definitely some think it was moments. Yeah, definitely. Are we going to ever get a way that we can actually get feedback from people who are listening if they listen? You got it. Oh, Besides we, my mom. we need to start making an account. Mom is Self. mom is Mike X whatever. No, she's not. She is. We forgot to tell you. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Did she make a secret? No, she didn't no, no, she just created an account on the the app and it just like by default, created her username, and that's the what it was. The fact that you guys were so pumped. I know. We I'm, st- it, I'm even more pumped. And then about? it's like, it's your mom. Your mom. It's your mom. Your mom's a subscriber. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Shout out to you, mom. We love you, Cammy. Hi, mom. <laughs> Be Hi, home mom. for dinner later. Love you, mom. She's getting a pizza rolls for us right now. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Mom, where are the pizza rolls?